0: Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch.
1: And I'm Jess Zucan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the
0: support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you.
1: We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your
0: Hormone Balance. Today we have Carmen Renee on the podcast, who is a model speaker and body acceptance activist. Carmen shares insightful, thought-provoking captions on Instagram, along with unfiltered, unairbrushed photos celebrating her curves, rolls, and every bit of cellulite, encouraging others to be kind to themselves, embrace and accept their bodies as they are in all of their beauty. Carmen also shares a lot of realness, recipes, plus size fashion tips, and more on her YouTube channel, Eat the Cake 2, which she plans to ramp up even more in 2020. But it's really on Instagram where Carmen has a thriving, engaged community of followers. Through her account, eat the cake too, which she describes by saying, you know, the saying you have, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, in my world of self-discovery and body confidence, you can, you can be curvy and fit, be different and beautiful, have your career and be super mom. See where I'm going with this. The point of eat the cake too, is to step outside of the box society likes to put us in define your own standard of beauty and love your body. Every step of the journey. We loved hearing Carmen's story of body acceptance, how she got to this place, as well as how she responds to the negativity that inevitably comes along with being so open and vulnerable. So Jess and I were drawn to Carmen because of this intense confidence that she exudes. And we have just been really wanting to have a body positive person advocate on the podcast, because it's also something we've really struggled through with our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And I think it stems from just sort of comments that maybe our mom has made, our grandmother has made. And I think a lot of women can relate to that. It's not necessarily always that like our parents mean to say these things that can be harmful in some ways to us, but it, it does impact us and it can create insecurities Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe to some, it would seem ridiculous, you know, and, But I think no matter what size you are, everybody deals with insecurities. And so it's Identifying that that's a problem for you and figuring out ways to work through it. And that's where Jess and I are right now. And especially in these last couple of years, we've come together when we have just days where we're being like, just really mean to ourselves. And we reach out to each other and we give each other pep talks. And we're always like, you're being so ridiculous. Like just wake each other <laughs> up out like, of that What are place. you thinking? But like, we can't get out of our own heads and we know we're, that we're not alone. And so we were just so excited that Carmen agreed to come on and, and share how she her confidence journey. And, you know, the risk in all of this is that people don't deal with these insecurities and it turns to an eating disorder or it turns to pun- punishing yourself forever in the gym or just being so miserable and unhappy.
1: Dieting your whole life. Yeah. Never feeling like you can go anywhere and feel accepted or feel loved or feel confident and just always being in your head. Yeah, and it's not... Healthy is relative. We all have our own
0: idea or you know, version of what healthy is for us. And we all have to find that. Mm-hmm. And so just not pointing fingers and judging someone else, but just finding a place where you feel nourished, you feel happy, you feel your version of healthy. And and I feel like Carmen makes some really great points that can be helpful for anyone looking to get a healthier place with their body, with their body image. And we just wanted to start by sharing some of our own um, kind of experiences with our body positive journey, I would say. Jess, you've had, you've worked through a lot more than me because as you've shared a lot, you were a yo-yo dieter and you gained and lost over 40 pounds multiple times. So having to see yourself at different sizes and adjust and kind of come to terms with where you really are, I think has been really hard for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a challenge, I am coaching other women in this area as well. And, you know, it's something that I still have to catch myself on, you know, the comments that I make about myself or the days that I get really low Or, you know, I feel on top of the world one day and the next day, for whatever reason, I look in the mirror and I'm unhappy with what I see. And in the past, that would have led to restricting my food or going on some like crazy crash diet or just staying home and, you know, being miserable. Now I have the tools to kind of bust out of those places. And a lot of it is you know, talking to my sister. Thank God for our conversations, Um, and I'll share some of the things that have really helped me. But it has been—it's a shocker when you're up forty-five pounds more than you are at one point, almost fifty pounds more than I am now, and then you're down twenty pounds, and then you're up ten pounds, and then you're down fifteen pounds, and then you're down another twenty, and then you're up, and it, it just it's very, it drives you insane. It makes you feel like a crazy person. You never really know what you look like. And a I th- bit of dysmorphia
0: comes into play.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have worked with clients in the past when I worked for this national weight loss clinic that I also worked for, where we would put our clients on this diet and- that was specific to these centers and they would lose upwards of 200 pounds. There was many people that lost, you know, over a hundred pounds and they would, I can remember in particular, this one client of mine who lost about 85 pounds and she had hit her goal weight and she wanted to go below it. And I was trying to explain to her that it would be unhealthy for her to go below that weight. And she just said that she still felt when she looked in the mirror that she wasn't small enough. And I remember that very day she was wearing the same jacket that she was wearing when she came in the first day to lose weight 85 pounds ago. And just feeling like it still fit her. And I had to take her out to the mirror and show her, look at yourself in the mirror and look at this coat and look how much room there is, you know. And she just couldn't see it.
0: And not only it, can she not see it, she's trying to go.
1: Even she's further. trying to go even further to Never a very enough. unhealthy place, and it just made me really sad. But it's also that I have felt that way before. You know, where you think you get to your goal and it's going to be enough, and it's not enough. You want something else. You want to be skinnier. You want to be more toned. You don't feel that you look thin, and you you don't see yourself that way. And it's very confusing when you're up and down weight. Different weights at all different phases of your life to really know what you look like. So I think what's really helped me is number one, surrounding myself with people that I can talk to honestly and openly. And I think with you, right I didn't always share how I was feeling. You know, I was pretty private with everybody and I would just deal with it by, like I said, going on some restrictive diet or just kind of, trying to control it in some way, like punishing myself at the gym or just not eating, like skipping meals. Yeah, that's true. I never
0: really remember you talking about it in like high school or college.
1: Never. Like, did I ever call you or pull you aside and say I need to talk to you. And I didn't really
0: know how you had lost the weight a lot of the time. It was just like, Mm -hmm. and now I know now that you've made it your life work, like
1: (sighs) now I know these stories that are like, Oh no, you did what diet? But yeah, like every diet under the sun. I mean, there was one point where my, one of my best friends and I did like the cayenne ginger lemon juice diet. And where that's all you drink for like five days. And we were so weak. We couldn't, we were like trying to work out on top of it. And we would just call each other like, "Do you have any any energy?" And she be like, "No." Do you? And I'm like, "No, I'm just laying on the couch." But like, let's go try to lift weights. And eventually, it ended us like ended up with us ordering like an extra large pizza and inhaling the whole thing and just saying, "Screw it." you know, and it was like, that was very normal for me. But now, you know, I talk to you regularly and you talk to me and I really think that we help pull each other from these places. And it's also the friendships that I've made that are all supportive and, you know, the community that I have. And then the people that I choose to consume their content on Instagram. I mean, thank goodness for Carmen. I feel like ever since finding out about her, her posts just really resonate with me and help me when I need it the most. And Other, you know, letting go of toxic friendships or um, unfollowing accounts that make you feel less than. And then I would say another major thing is learning to dress for your body type because a lot of us are trying to fit trends. Um, We're trying to wear what's in style. So I've given this example before, but like we all remember the romper being it's still here. I mean, it's still here for sure. It's alive and well. It's cute. Not a lot of body type. It's not for my body type either. And there was one year where I just remember everyone was wearing rompers in the summer. And I was like, I want to wear a damn romper. So I tried on like 50 rompers and I just felt so depressed because it never looked the way that I wanted it to. And I just felt so awful in it. And... And then I, you know, crop tops are really hot right now. So I've seen so many people trying crop tops and I don't feel confident in a crop top. So I'm not going to wear a crop top. It's a limited uh, audience for that item. Right. But it's, you see a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's very big. Wanting to make it work, you know, Kinda. because it's in style yeah. or... Whatever the latest trend is, I think we get caught up in these trends and we get caught up in what we should be doing. We talk a lot about the shoulds, but it's like, oh, I should be eating this because this person said I should and she looks great and I want to look like her. Or like, I should be wearing this fashion because she's my favorite fashion blogger and I want to look like her, you know. And we just have to put the blinders on and the earmuffs on and just, no, we shouldn't be doing what everybody else is telling us to do. We should be doing what feels good to us. Yeah. So. Getting back to the basics, you know, everyone needs a great leather jacket, everyone needs a great denim jacket, a great, you know, white tee or a black tee, good pair of fitting jeans, like a nice pair of black boots. Yeah. And if you get to those basics that look really good and that make you feel really good, you don't need a ton of clothes. Yeah. Because women wear only 20% of their wardrobe. Um there's stats that show that and so 80% of it you know probably don't fit us probably don't look flattering on our bodies and so when we're getting dressed it's stressful because there's a million clothes and we're trying on all these things that don't make us feel good and then we're feeling like we have to lose weight yeah like a little temper tantrum Yeah, or like I've had so many tantrums I'm just like I don't even want to go out I know (laughs) trust me I know I'm I'm like sweating and like (laughs) never leave
0: enough time to get ready it's ridiculous
1: and then you kind of feel guilty because you paid money for that thing so you're trying endlessly to make it work yep and it's not freaking working and it's just the most frustrating thing ever. Um, I still have a few things I can think of in my closet or I just need to get rid of them because they're not working. But yeah, I mean, and that's one thing that I'm pretty passionate about. And I've written some Instagram posts about this. It's like accentuate the features of your body that you're really proud of. You know, if you like your boobs, like, Hey, it's okay to show them off. You know, and I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it's okay because maybe society doesn't tell us it is or we feel like we're revealing too much. But if you're going out on a date night and it makes you feel confident, wear it, you know, rock it. If you like your legs, you don't want to wear, you know, shorts, wear those shorts. If, you know, there's certain styles that I know look good on me, there's certain styles I know don't. And I have just stepped into that and... Well, it's identifying
0: brands that, you know, fit you well and stop going to the brands that other people are wearing. I mm-hmm. don't really wear any brands that any of, I have even heard people talk about. i found them at random sales or like at Crossroads or whatever. Right. Like you, I, it's my style and my style only. Ignore and it fits brands. me, you know, and, and I, I heard someone say that and it just really sticks. And now I'm trying to more intentionally shop and just stick to the basics. And you're right. It's like your closet can be filled with all these patterns and styles and shapes. And it's like, that is not super sensible. You can't mix and match. Like mm-hmm. it's a one-time thing. So shifting your mind to shop for your body instead of trying to make your body fit into clothes and then feel like you have to go on a diet or change your entire lifestyle to fit into this style is, is a much better
1: way to go. I mean, yeah, totally. I totally. Mean, I feel like a million is- bucks with the right outfit. I'm sure a lot of you have seen Queer Eye, but I think that's a great example of these people that get made over and all of a sudden they look like they've lost like 10 pounds right. you know, in 10 minutes um, just because they're finding silhouettes that like really look great on their figure. And yeah. a lot of times they are wearing things that are really baggy and they feel like they're huge, but it's just that they're not, you know, allowing themselves to accentuate their beautiful curves, you know, to, yeah. to appreciate their bodies and to show them off a little bit. And so it is, but finding those things that do look really good on you, that you feel like you can go out in the world and speak confidently and, and just be you. And I feel like fashion is underrated in that sense Mm -hmm. because Fashion can make you feel bad about yourself when you're trying to fit the trends, but it can make you feel amazing about yourself when you just focus on your own style.
0: Yeah. And Carmen made a good point, by the way, if you're hearing weird sound in the background, it's because Jess just got a little puppy and he's a little pit bull. She's a little pit bull and she's the cutest thing of all time. And she's playing with a new toy. Yeah. (laughs) So we're letting her wander. But Carmen off air mentioned, you know, one way that people can support this movement is being aware of brands that offer sizes over a large, like, N- not offering even an Excel is, is ridiculous. Like right. don't make people feel awful th- that they can't fit into your clothes and even stores like H and M I've gone and I'm three sizes over what my normal size is. And then I'm thinking, that takes me immediately to depression and I don't care what size you are. Like if you go try something on and you are two, three sizes above, like you immediately are going to feel bad about and yourself. And you feel like you
1: have to go on a crash diet tomorrow. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. That's where my head went. Or you should skip dinner.
0: Yeah. It's it's just terrible. And then later, I think you told me just that that H&M is like European sizes. Like Why? Let's, right. let's go ahead and update that for you, for the U S mm-hmm. and let's do away with the double zeros.
1: I just wish we could take away sizes on clothing altogether. Altogether. I yeah. really wish we could. It's a whole nother thing for mm-hmm. sure. But
0: I just wanted to share my own sort of body love journey. I guess last year I was really de- dealing with negative thoughts. Well, I've often dealt with negative thoughts about my body, but also just came to a point where I wanted to make a change. And so I looked up therapists and I was looking for someone specifically that helps with self-esteem and body confidence. And uh, I found this woman that I talked to on the phone and she said it was what she specializes in, but it was also like it was $150 for 50 minutes and I'd never seen a therapist and I felt like it was a big investment, but I was also just really convinced it was going to be valuable. So I met with her and from the very beginning, she was like, and I haven't again, seen a lot of therapists. So I don't know if this is a style, but she was like, it was almost like we were, she was trying to gab with me. Like we were friends. So like I shared with her, you know, that it's been challenging dealing with like SIBO and some other health issues that I have. And she's like, you have SIBO. Oh my God. I have SIBO. Like, how did you like, Actually, not asking me any questions, like telling me how she handled SIBO. And I'm just like looking at my watch, realizing that every single minute is a lot of my money, and just being like, uh, can we get to the point where you help me? And so it was like way too long about her SIBO journey. And we got through that. And then I told her about how, like, I really want to work on fixing this thing in my head where it's like, I look in the mirror especially naked and I say something really mean, you know, and it's these nasty mean girl thoughts inside my own head and I know it's not sensible and I want to change it. And she's like, Oh girl, like I lost a lot of weight. I had way more weight to lose than you. So like, I wish I had, you know, your situation or whatever. And immediately making me feel like it was so dumb that I had brought this up, like almost shaming me for having, your story, having an insecurity. And I don't mean at all to say this for anyone to feel bad for me at all, but I was like, again, like, I don't care about your journey. Like I, I want your help in like, I want some tangible tips and like changing this so that I don't have to have this. Cause I realized that it's not very sensible and I, whatever. And so she was basically saying like, you know, it never gets better and it's just something you always have to deal with. I'm like, great. And then she tells me, cause I was telling her that I work out a lot and I don't really feel like I always see the progress or like, and maybe that's in my head, but I'm just like, I, I just don't feel like I'm seeing the changes as much. And I'm always just still negative in my head. And she's like, well, maybe you should be taking some before and after photos, you know? So you can really see like how far you've come and like, I'm like, I don't really know that that's going to help me because I feel like a lot of times when I see photos, it kind of has the reverse effect. And then I and then she told me that I should regularly weigh myself too, to track progress. And I was just thinking like my sister would be so livid right now because <sighs> you always are like, you don't so encourage mad. people to weigh themselves. I haven't weighed myself in forever. I really try to go off of how I'm feeling in my clothes. Like if things are really tight, then I know like I don't need to jump on the scale. Like I know I need to do something else, you know? And, um, so I was just like, I ah, also don't really want to weigh myself either. And, So I was just super irritated and, and then she did give me one, one tip that was to really recognize when I was, when I'm having those thoughts every single time, because they can become like loop thoughts where you're just used to saying mean things to yourself. And like, every time you look in the mirror, there's like something you're picking yourself apart about. And, and so despite me being like so irritated that I had to spend so much money to basically like hear her own experiences, that was one thing I did take away that I think is, is really helpful to just start stopping yourself every time you say that and like flip it to a positive. And, and I think too, as Carmen talks about in this body, looking in this episode, looking at your whole body, like looking at your whole self and saying like, thank you for this body. Like you are beautiful and just acknowledging. And one thing that I learned that has always stuck with me in college, I took a ton of women gender studies Classes and I almost was a minor. I should have been. I should have minored in it. But one of the things that really stuck out that I had never really noticed before was they they showed us a lot of ads and uh, print ads and just images of women in the media that almost always associate a product with a part of a woman's body. So maybe a perfume is like like a little side boob and a little leg, you know, or we see just a, always a tiny, skinny, flat stomach. You never mm-hmm. see a roll, ever, ever, ever. And that was always our biggest insecurity was our stomach and our family. And so to never ever see anything but a tiny hourglass waist and like only for a lot of women that struggle with like leg insecurities, only these tiny twig legs, like they Probably are going to look
1: down on yourself. Yeah, for being anything
0: but. Women's bodies are objectified and split down into parts and pieces and so we end up seeing ourselves in parts and pieces instead of as a whole. And I think that's why we are so messed up, all of us. Yeah. Unless you are have gotten to the point like someone like Carmen has where you just aren't going to accept that way of thinking of yourself. And, and that's the journey that we're on is, um, you know, Jess and I, uh, of getting to that place of realizing that these thoughts are, are not great and, and, and stopping them in their tracks and moving forward. So we are so grateful to Carmen for coming on and sharing her wisdom and being such an advocate for this. It's such important work and we hope it inspires you to be more kind to yourself and love your body and maybe practice being naked as she suggests mm-hmm little bit more because it's, it's certainly helpful. So we do hope you enjoyed this episode with Carmen Renee.
1: Well, Carmen, we are so glad to have you here. Thanks for joining
2: us. I'm so happy to be here.
1: We've been wanting to have a body acceptance advocate on the podcast for ever. I mean, for the like two months we've been around, (laughs) but since we started, we really wanted to, and we actually just had your friend, our friend, mutual friend, Paul Fishman on the
2: podcast, and he recommended that we reach out to you. Yeah, I'm so thankful for that because I really admire Paul so much and uh, he's, he's honestly like one of the best energies to be around of, of anyone I've ever met. So oh, yeah, doing yeah, good work.
1: He lights up the room for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And so I started following you. We both started following you and it was just instant. Like every single one of your posts is, I mean, I, like I would stop and just be moved, which doesn't happen very often. And you just speak so honestly and openly about your story and you accept your body in this extremely beautiful way and you just exude. I mean, it comes off of the page, you know, when I'm, when you're scrolling and, that is just super inspiring to me, especially in the age of diet culture and body shaming and social media comparisons. Mm-hmm. It's really, really refreshing. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you.
2: Uh, that means a lot for to me. For providing that space. I, honestly, I I always say, like, hearing messages, like, hearing you or reading messages with a similar um, message. Sentiment, not yeah. to, yeah, sentiment is is what makes me keep doing this Mm -hmm. because there are plenty of days where I'm just like I'm so tired I'm tired (laughs) I'm tired of Mm -hmm. doing this I'm tired of you know, navigating the world of social media, which can be so exhausting and mm. frustrating. So, um, I really appreciate you saying that. And, and everyone who sends me those messages, they honestly mean more than, than, you know.
1: Well, and like we were just saying offline, you know, sometimes you get in your head cause it's like, I'm spending all this time writing this meaningful yeah. caption and are people even reading it, yes. you know? And, and a lot of times they're not, you know, they they are scrolling and liking, but for the ones who are, it's making a real difference and that's what counts. You're doing it for those people. Yes. And I you. will
0: just say real quick, I'm reading the responses to a lot of your posts. It's so heartwarming yeah. how people are like, you have changed my life. Like since I
2: found you, you know, I mean, wow. Yeah. That's That, that took a while to mm-hmm. get used to and, um, mm-hmm. and they still make me emotional. And I remember, so I've been doing this for Um, I guess it's like two and a half, probably going on three years. And it took me a a while to like comprehend, um, I guess how much this was needed because after reading messages, I'm like, this is, it's heartbreaking to me that, um, it's needed so badly and people feel so at war with their bodies, Mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, that's honestly why I've kept doing it. Great. I mean,
1: I'm not going to lie. I've read every single one of your posts since I started following you. And I'm like, when's the next (sighs) one coming? I need it. Um, But speaking of Instagram, in one of your posts, one of the ones that stopped me in my tracks, you talked about watching romantic movies when you Mm. were a child or when you were young. And watching the girls, like, wake up next to their oh boyfriend with the oversized sweatshirt on that's so cute and just looks so sexy. And you just feeling like that was the moment where you realized something was wrong with your size. Yes. And that just, like, broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. And so do you mind kind of taking us back to
2: that place of that girl that felt like she would never be that woman? Sure. And just as a warning, I've, um, been off of my birth control for a month, so I'm very emotional. <laughs> Let's bring <laughs> on the my emotions. My hormones are out of whack right now, so if <laughs> I start right. crying, nobody well, judges. me. Well, I'm about to myself. start mine in two days, so <laughs> yeah. we'll just be emotional oh
1: together.
0: It's also uh, emotional subject matter, you yes. know, so it's totally understandable. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I,
2: that's one of the things that I talk about, um, you know, I, uh, one of the things that I said that I want to speak with you about was this concept of privileged bodies, um, and how it's not, it's not a negative. It's not meant to be, sorry, offensive, but it's this understanding that unless you're in a body that is not, you know, accepted by society that is not seen in the media, you grow up thinking that something's really wrong with you. So, you know, for me, I, um, grew up in a small town. All of my friends were very thin, very petite, super cute. And I was literally like the only plus size friend in their life. And I'd be sitting on the couch, we were watching these movies and I'm like, nothing about this is relatable to me. And, um, you know, I think seeing especially romantic movies where these um, petite bodies, cute girls would always get the guy, right? Always a happy mm-hmm. ending. And they'd always be, like, seen as, like, so small. That's all I remember is... And, and yeah, the idea of waking up, putting on the guy's shirt, you know, it's, like, loose. It's, like, all baggy and sexy, and the guys just think it's the cutest thing ever. And I re- honestly remember thinking, I'm never going to find that. Mm. Yeah, and that is what would make me emotional. Yeah. Um, mm. And... And now it makes me emotional because I know that there's young women who are having that exact same thought, you know, who are watching these classic movies that we've all seen um, and not believing that they're going to have that experience. So for me, that post was really meaningful because I'm not with somebody that I can, you know, put on his shirt and it would be loose. It would, you know, some of his shirts would be like, Baby tees, <laughs> hey, but it's still cute, right? That's sexy. Yeah. Um. And I'm so thankful that you know I've come to that realization, and a lot of that is thanks to a very, very supportive partner who absolutely adores and loves mm-hmm. my body, every inch of it, the rolls, um, all of it, and he squeezes it all, even when I'm like ah. Um, <laughs> And, and and I'm, I, I was only able to write that because I've, I've found that. Um, and to me, that's also problematic, right? Because I don't want people to only come to that realization after they found the love of their life. Mm-hmm. I right want though. young women and young men to come to that realization now and when they're young, when they're in their late teens and early 20s and understand that your attraction should not be dependent on whether or not you can fit into your partner's clothes. So, um, I thank you for bringing that up because that's really, really special. And that one really resonated with women specifically. And that was really important to me. So that
0: time in your life, high school, maybe middle school, being aware of your size, being different than your friends, what was your personality like as a result of that Mm. insecurity?
2: Mm. So I was everyone's friend. I was like I was like the chubby friend that's and that's how I saw myself. I'm not saying that that's how they saw me and I remember that there was this um guy who had a crush on me and I didn't know it at the time, but I really had a crush on him too in high school, but in my mind, I'm like he could never like me yeah so even and years later, mm. I was probably you know in my early 20s and, and I saw him and he was like, you know like that one night. Um, he asked me to win our formal and everything. And I still, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, we're just friends. He would never, he would never like me. Wow. And he's like, you know, I had a crush on you. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, well, why didn't you say something? He's like, I feel like I tried to <laughs> like, let <laughs> you know. Asking you to the dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? And that, uh, that's so sad. I didn't date until I moved to California. Um. And I was probably 19 when I really, like, started dating. Mm -hmm. So I just, any young person listening to this, like, understand that you are so worthy no matter what your size is, you know, what your sexual preference is, your sexual orientation. Like, you are so worthy of feeling, you know, loved and and understand that you are attractive, you know, to a lot of people. So be open to it. Yeah.
0: I I just wanted to ask, were you...
2: You were everybody's friend. Were you confident? Mm, I was. So, yes, this is a weird thing about me. I think Mm -hmm. I've always had. Well, I've always loved fashion. That's like my thing. Like I was voted, you know, most fashionable. I can tell your outfit. Thank you. (laughs) Real (laughs) nice. Thank you. So I I think that was kind of where I um, found my confidence was through fashion, even though at the time the choices for plus size bodies was um, way more limited than it is now. Um, I, I was really confident in my fashion choices, which gave me like this aura of confidence and, um, where I really was insecure was with my lymphedema, which is what causes a swelling through my legs and feet. It's a condition that, um, basically, you know, you've, you have a damaged lymphatic system. So that was where really, really where I struggled, um, not ever wanting to wear shorts not ever wanting to wear sandals like I don't want you to see my feet or legs and it's like not only could I not fit into any of my friends clothes but the shoes it's like oh my god no one will ever have shoes that fit me so um that was really hard for me to navigate but as far as yeah I I um my friend had referred to me like as an alien and I, and I get it. Cause like I have this like weird aura and I always have, and then I don't really know where it came from. I honestly think it was just like a self, I don't know. I don't know. It's like such... an aura of confidence. Yeah. So maybe more like a unicorn. Yeah, okay. a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like <laughs> Unicorn. Like a unicorn. And <laughs> I don't know where it came from because, um, unfortunately I don't, feel like I had a lot of really confident women in my life I definitely had mentors that I looked up to but um I don't know where it came from but I'm so thankful and then I that was me I'm like oh I'm everyone's friend I love everyone I'm friends with the cheerleaders the jocks the you know drama people the band people like that's just me I'm everyone's friend and I know how to dress people look up to me for fashion style okay cool like that's me right but how did that impact you being everybody's friend yeah, it just made me, and I, and I really, honestly attribute that to um, media. The media mm-hmm. is thinking that I would never be anything else. Honestly, I. <laughs> so my dad was; we were like cow cowboy people. Okay, mm-hmm. he was into like roping. My sister and I rode horses and barrel raced, and I just remember this weird fantasy that I had of like meeting a cowboy and like living happily ever after. And as I got older, um, and I was still in Oregon in my teens, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm never going to find, that's just never going to happen for me. Cause why would I think anything else? You know what I mean? I didn't see it. You're not seeing it. Yeah. I didn't see examples of that. I mean, I had my parents, um, but I think as kids, like you don't really see your parents as, I don't know, like for me, it just wasn't an example of happily ever after I could have that. Yeah. for me, I was like me and this body, like, forget it, you know? So how did you
1: start to rewrite that narrative and kind of flip the script? Cause you obviously have done that. Yeah. So how did that start? Like where did I that think journey begin?
2: Leaving my town is, is, um, and I've always been very independent. I've always been very private, you know, with my family. So I didn't, I don't remember having the conversations with my mom until probably like two or three years ago about body image and how growing up, how we grew up really affected me. It took me leaving that environment and just creating kind of a new narrative for myself. Once I came to California, um, you know, thank God it's like this melting pot of everybody. And there really is someone for everyone and you know, all different walks of lives and preferences. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I have a body that people are attracted to. I did not feel that until I was 18 and moved to California.
0: That has to be an exciting time.
2: (laughs) It was. Yeah, it was. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like I have curves and I have a big butt and oh, these are good things. Getting attention. You know, like growing up how I grew up, like no one ever, I didn't know that that was, you know, like those were attributes that people were found attractive. Um, so it kind of started there. And then even before I really got into like dating and stuff, I just started, um, you know, being like, Oh, okay. These are not bad things. Like these are okay to, you know, my body's okay. Um, so I did a lot of dating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Was this pre or during
2: apps? Um, oh, let's see. I was on plenty of fish, which hello, probably ages me a little bit, but <laughs> I, I didn't even well. have, um, <laughs> Facebook. There was no Instagram. No, I just was like out here in California on plenty of fish meeting people. <laughs> and then after I graduated, um, I met my partner like very shortly after I graduated college. Um, and, he really, honestly, I always give him so much credit for shaping me into the person that I am. I think it was always there. You know, I, I always wanted to really feel like sexy and I always wanted to explore that. But I think so many years of being told that I wasn't or that I shouldn't be exploring that I like suppress, suppress, suppress. And he's the one who was like, no, like let's explore it. Like, do you like be naked, you know? And I, I just think I wouldn't be the person that I am today without him kind of encouraging and pushing me to, um, you know, like really explore my body
1: and embrace your body.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like, unlearn a lot of these really toxic things that were taught about sexuality and about our bodies in general, let alone the plus size bodies and fat bodies. So, um, my journeys really, I don't think it started until almost my mid twenties where I just was like, you know what? I just want to be naked all the time. I want to look in the mirror and like what I see. How am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you made it your mission. I made it
2: my mission. Yeah. And I just, I always say I started, um, very little practices, um, that I've been doing now for, you know, five or six years, if not more of limiting anything negative that I have to say about my body. And that is Mm -hmm. hard because we are so conditioned to look at our bodies and automatically see everything that we think is wrong Mm -hmm. instead of seeing everything that we should be grateful for. So that's one thing that I started doing. And then, you know, it was kind of the era of social media. And I'm thankful that there are so many amazing influencers and bodies that I could look at and be like, wow, if she loves her body, I can look at that and be like, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That cellulite, her roles, I think it's beautiful. If I think it's beautiful on her, why am I not saying it's beautiful on me? Mm-hmm. So sure. that um, was really, I think, influential in my life. Um, and then, yeah, I I remember having conversations with my friends I mean, like, look, we're not going to say bad things about our bodies anymore. We're just not going to do it. And if I hear you say something, I'm going to call you out on it. So, um, I'm sure it's annoying sometimes, but I just, like, I just don't go for it. You know, the whole, I don't look good in this or, mm. uh, I feel fat, which is frustrating because fat is not a feeling. Fat yes, is fat. That's true. <laughs> we all have fat. Some of us just have more of it than others. Yeah. But, you know, one reason is because it's like retraining our brains. The other reason is like, we're all at points in our lives in our thirties where we have young people around us, whether it's kids, nieces, nephews, you know, my friend has two kids that I feel so close to. One of them, you know, is a girl and she's now going to be 12. And since (sighs) she was like six or seven. I'm like, look, we're not going to do this because our minds are hearing it and we're just continuing this negative cycle, but she's listening, Mm -hmm. you know, and our boys are listening. And, I've been around plenty of men who feel entitled enough to comment on a woman's body. And part of that for me is all learned from hearing their mothers or grandmothers constantly ridicule their own bodies, you know, and then these men grow up thinking that they have a say so. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that with your mom
0: or grandmother? Any comments that really struck you? Cause I know off air, we were sharing with you, like our mom would refer to herself as a small cottage a lot mm-hmm. and like, to bring attention to like, Oh, the birches just have bellies, you know? And then at a young age, it's like, Oh, I do, I do.
2: And then you just fixate on that. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I feel very lucky to have been able to have this conversation with my mom a couple years ago about how, you know, insecure she has felt about her body in the past. And, Um, A lot of that came from her childhood and her upbringing of always feeling like, you know, the chubby sister. And if you saw my mom, you know, when she was growing up, like she literally looks like a supermodel to me. Mm. But, you know, this was a different time where Mm. being a size 10 or size 8 was considered like huge, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's something that she obviously took on and she tried not to pass it along. But again, it's so many learned mm-hmm. traits and learned things. It's like subconsciously embedded into mm-hmm. our minds. That yeah. It's almost, we can't even help it sometimes. It's so
1: ingrained in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So I do remember her commenting a lot about her body. And unfortunately, I remember my dad commenting about her body too, which I think is for me, um, probably more hurtful. Um, just to, you know, feel that as, as a child, um, you know, you're very protective. I think of your parents and I'm, I'm very protective of my mother. So that was, I, there are times that really stick out that some things my dad said about her body that were so hurtful to me. And I remember thinking like, I, am never going to be with somebody who makes me feel ashamed of my body
1: have you ever had a conversation with your dad? I haven't. No.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I, and maybe I will, I think I should, you know, I think mm-hmm. to be fair to him and probably, uh, you know, would be very healing for me. Right. Um, I just, you know, now I just say, look, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to be that person in front of my father and not feel ashamed of my body and understand that he loves me. I know he does. Maybe some of this is confusing for him, but I am just have to embrace myself and show him, you know, despite all of his concerns of, of raising a fat child, like I am happy, I'm successful, I'm comfortable with my body. And to me, like, that's... I, I don't know. That's very rewarding. And I think it's a learning opportunity for him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You're leading by example. And yeah. I think that's the most powerful way to do life, you know, is just doing it and being focused
0: on being better. And, yeah. and like you said, teaching these lessons
2: to yeah.
0: other young girls, other women and men, you know, yeah, it's definitely. a universal problem.
2: And I feel really, um, I, I feel really, I guess it makes me happy to, happy, I don't know if happy is the right word, but like to be able to have the conversations with my mom who's now, you know, 66 and like be the one like teaching her, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And be like, no mom, like you, your body is beautiful. Like you look good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how old you are. I want you to learn that and maybe you'll believe it one day, maybe you won't, but if someone's telling you it all the time, to me, that can't do any harm. Mm-hmm. Of course. So you mentioned that you went to, to school,
0: to college, what were you studying and did you have any idea that you would get into what you're doing now? Yeah. What was that journey like getting to, to the work that you do in the body positive
2: space? So I went to school for fashion marketing I I thought I was going to be a buyer. That was like, I knew that that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Um, and then I got into events and that kind of is where I took a detour. I, I went into events and then I got into catering and, and, it, and then I just got so burnt out with, um, corporate that I ha- I just had to do something else. So then I went and worked for a startup company and I, that's when I kind of started doing more, um, creative work with YouTube videos and, um, having some freedom to explore some of these ideas that I've had. And one of them was we did a whole series on, on being naked and like the health benefits to being naked and um, how it can like greatly increase your self-esteem and, you know, your your body image. So that was very freeing for me. And um, I think that's kind of when I started to understand that I should be doing something else with my life instead of what I have been doing. Yeah. And, um, I guess all along through, through my whole life, people have always said, oh, you have such a pretty face. Um, and, and I, I would say, thank you. But in my mind, every time someone would say that, I'd always be like, well, what's wrong with the rest of me? Mm. And obviously, you know, growing up already feeling insecure and, you know, having, um, my sister is very, you know, athletic and was always very athletic in high school and like I just remember always like oh my gosh like if only my body looked like that like I would have a pretty face and a nice body you know what I mean so this concept of you have a pretty face you have a pretty face Um, you know people are like you should do some modeling but I'm like I could never be a model because I only have a pretty face like what are they just going to take pictures of my face you know mm-hmm. so I guess it's just a, probably a combination of all of these little things that were always in the back of my mind. And I'm like, I just want to share this. I just want to share, um, you know, who I am, how I got to be where I'm at and, and go from there. So, um, this concept of eat the cake too, that's kind of where it came from is like, you know, I want to be more than what someone tells me I am. I want to, I want to have it all, you know, I want to rewrite this narrative of whatever society has told me, like, you're just going to be this, or you're just going to be that. It's like, no, I, I just, I'm going to do it all. So that's where eat the cake too came from. Cause I, I always think that saying, like, you know, you can't it's have such a great way and of the- eat it too. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I think that that applies to our, how we see ourselves in our body image, because we're so influenced by all these outside sources that want us to only be a certain thing or only feel like we're capable of whatever, you know, X, Y, or Z. So that was Eat the Cake 2, and that was my first photo shoot. I'm like, this is my concept. I'm gonna just do it. It was a lot of implied nudity, shocker. <laughs> um, and, and, like, I just wanted to feel really in love with my body after and I remember after the photo shoot out first of all I was so nervous it was my first professional photo shoot and I just remember after the photo shoot feeling like so relieved and on this high of like I feel so good about my body I want to feel like this all the time and this is how I want everybody to feel. Yeah. And I didn't even release those pictures probably till like almost six months after I took them. And then that's when it just started. It was this crazy rise on social media. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it, it was all very organic and, um, you know, companies started finding me and then people would share my photos and, yeah. Can oh. you
1: describe a little bit about what the photo shoot was like? Cause for people who don't follow you yet, mm. um, kind of set the scene. Cause yeah. it's,
2: and it's something I really recommend for everybody, no matter, you know, if you're choosing to share the photos or, you know, you want to go into modeling or body acceptance work. So I, I planned this photo shoot and I, I had my concept. I'm like, I just want to feel really good about my body and I want people, I want it to be a little bit risque. I want it to push the envelope. But I wanted to communicate this feeling of your body is beautiful. Like look at your body and how amazing it is. So, um, yeah, I had, I had cake obviously cause I'm like, let's eat the cake too. <laughs> and I remember, you know, a lot of it just like, like pushing myself, like, okay, what are things I'm insecure about? Oh, my back rolls. So I was like, okay, we're going to take pictures of my back. We're going to take pictures of my side, you know, with just a sheet covering the front of me. And We're going to, I'm going to sit crisscross applesauce holding nothing but this cake to cover my, you know, bits and (laughs) baubles. And like, here I am sitting with my rolls and my cellulite and things that, you know, a year ago I probably would have said like, oh my God, like, no, I can't show that. And then I got the final pictures and I just sat with them and I'm like, like, this is beautiful. And um and I that's why I always I really encourage people to take pictures. It's like one of my things. I'm like you feel down like put some laundry on, like snap a picture for yourself and just remind yourself like you you, you know, got it. You got it. Yeah. So, and um did you have any nerves going oh into it? Oh my gosh. It? I was so nervous. I postponed the shoot twice okay, because yeah. I was so nervous. And um this was, and one time I postponed it because I'm like, oh my God, I need to lose weight before this uh. photo shoot. And then, you know, a while after I was like, Carmen, this is not like, think about your mission. Think about why you're doing this and how you want people to feel like you don't, you don't want people to put their lives on hold because they want to lose 10 more pounds. So it was so mental, you know, you know, you get in your oh, head, 100%. You just get in your head about these things um but it was such a great learning opportunity for me and i and i think that kind of contributes to the success that i've had on social media because i'm very open about those things oh yeah you know i'm very open about the fears that i'm having the vulnerabilities that i'm having the body image issues that i'm having like i'm not perfect nobody is you know N- nobody wakes up every single day and you know, is absolutely in love with every aspect of their body. But for the most part, I am. And hey, like, I will take that 90% of the time. That is so
1: (laughs) motivating, inspiring. Um, What was it like when you hit publish on that first post from your photo shoot? And what was the reaction?
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember exactly where I was. I was with my friend and my photographer. And we were like thinking of the best hashtags. And you know what I mean? And then I posted like three back to back. Um, and I just like, it was very, again, like it was exciting, kind of nervous. Um, and one thing I did do like, before, cause I'm like, I don't know if five people are going to see this or whatever, but I was in social media enough to know that people are real assholes. So I said, no matter what, I'm going to have a thick skin and I'm just going to accept whatever somebody has to say and understand that this is nothing more than a reflection of their own body image issues. Um, and that was really important because I think if I wouldn't have had that conversation with myself, um, it would have been really soul crushing for me over Mm -hmm. the next several months of comments I would receive. Um, And there have been some comments. Most of them don't get to me. I think early on, someone commented on my legs, which again, you know, has been a huge insecurity and it made me cry. Yeah, That's the only time though, in Mm. all of these, in the three years, that someone's comment had made me cry for a bad reason. People's comments have made me cry for good things.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Because that really does show your resilience and thick skin, which is, we need more of. And I don't, I
2: don't think it's, I don't want to say it's thick skin. I just think you like, you really have to think about, I feel sad for these people. Mm -hmm. I feel sad for you. If you are getting some type of kick or, you know, you're getting some type of um, enjoyment out of making someone else feel bad about themselves. I honestly, I feel sad for you. Yeah. that's. I I mean, it's
1: self deprecating for those people. And it's also, you know, that generic phrase of like hurt people, hurt people, but it's true. You know, if you're happy and you're confident in your life, you're not going to be
2: trolling around on Instagram, putting other people down. Yeah. And I know that because I was that person. I think that's kind of a part of my story. I don't always talk about, but I remember, um, before I started on this journey, um, just being a very negative person and being a very judgmental person to other women specifically, which, you know, I hate about my past, but it's true. And, um, it really came from the fact that I wasn't feeling good about myself and I wasn't feeling good about my own body and, you know, whatever the case may be. And I was taking it out on everybody else instead of looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. That's one thing my boyfriend, um, called me out on. He said, you know, you need to really look at your own insecurities because what you're doing is, is very hurtful and you're taking it out on other people who have absolutely nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like a punch in the gut. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure for, I'm sure I argued, I'm quite sure I'm argued with him for (laughs) a long time (laughs) because that's just kind of my thing. Like I'm very defensive, (laughs) but You know, that's something that stuck with me. We've been together almost 10 years, and out of all of our conversations, that's one of like top three most impactful things that anyone has ever said to me. Mm -hmm. And once he said it, I was like, you know what? You're right. Well, I'm sure I didn't say that right away. (laughs) After a while of fighting. 15
1: times later.
2: (laughs) I don't actually even know if I told him he was right ever, but if you're listening, <laughs> you maybe you were right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so was it just that comment that made the switch in you or did you have to do any other work to
2: really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm sure that was like accumulation of a lot of different things, but I just, I do remember that being like kind of an aha moment and turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And then I had to make a lot of changes. I, I lost, like I, um, removed people from my life because I just was like, I'm not going to be in this negative space anymore. Right. Um, that was right around the time also that I left corporate. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to put down any women. And looking back at it now, like it doesn't even seem like the same person because I, you know what I mean? I, But it, it is, and it was me, but I had to really make a conscious effort just like I did to you know, speak kindly to my body. I had to make a conscious effort to not judge people. How do you do that? Because I think that's really hard for people. Mm -mm. It's just like stopping yourself. And it's having Mm. these internal mind battles Mm. of seeing something that... and, And again, why am I judging this person? It's because she's making me insecure. She loves her body. I can tell. I can tell because she's confident. She's rocking that outfit that I secretly want to wear, but I'm too self-conscious to do that. So instead, I'm going to, I'm gonna make her feel bad about it. Maybe not outwardly, you know what I mean? I'm not a cruel person. I'm I don't say it, but I'm thinking it and to me yeah. that's just as bad. It's toxic. I yeah. think
1: you hear women doing that all the time, and I've done it before, where you see somebody who has something that you don't have or looks the way that you don't look and all of a sudden it's like, well, she's
2: cute, but Oh, totally. You know, and you find something that yeah. negative to say oh, about that. My them. boobs are bigger than hers or yeah. my, you know, whatever. Yeah. And and then it is such a, oh my gosh, you have to make such a very conscious effort to be like, no, you know, she's beautiful, period. Right. There's Step this, one is
0: just recognizing Yeah. It. One of my
2: favorite quotes that gets passed around social media all the time is like, you, you know, learn to tell another woman she's beautiful without feeling like it's taking away from <sighs> yours. Yeah.
1: I saw a quote similar that was, um, appreciate someone else's beauty without questioning your own. Yes. Is that what it was like? So, so we said a like I <laughs> I don't even know if I said it correctly. But you essentially, did. the point is that, you know, we do do that all the time. Mm-hmm. As we look at other women, we think, oh, well, I was feeling good today, but now I'm seeing this woman who looks 10 times better than me, and all of a sudden I feel
2: like shit. And that's totally learned. And don't think for a second that that is by mistake. You know what I mean? Right. Why, how do you think all of these industries are still in business? You know, you go to a, and I'm, I'm not opposed to cosmetic surgery at all. Um, but I am opposed to taking a picture of someone else into the office and saying, make me look like her. Right. And, and it's, why are we doing that? And unfortunately that's what we're taught. We're taught that we have to be in competition with each other. You know, there's, there's, it's like, we're not good enough. And that's what it all stems. That's what it all comes down to is that we're always taught. We're not good enough. And within that, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Well, I don't look like her. So this is further perpetuating this idea. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not good enough, then she's not good enough. I don't like her either. Mm. Right. Yeah. So negative cycle. Yeah. It's just like, it's really unfortunate that we just grow up in this society that just keeps spinning us like spinning us out of control and spinning us into these really toxic spaces that all they're doing is just i don't know we're just spending money and feeling like shit
1: and also you know you recognize that women can and you said you let go of some toxic friendships mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. because women and men do this but you kind of attract people that have a similar way of thinking as you so if you are somebody who puts other people down all the time or if you're a gossiper yes you might gossip, attract those people right so you're around all these other women who are just gossiping about other women and then putting their bodies down and kind of bonding over this like sick Mm. of putting each other down and and then all of a sudden you become this negative person and so you when you come to this place of waking up I don't want to be like that anymore I don't want to feel this way I don't want to think that way about other women you kind of realize you have to change your friends or your circle and so that brings me to our question of when was it that you kind of discovered the body positive community and what was your first experience um, within that
2: Yeah, so it was all kind of right around the same time. I was probably about twenty five when I discovered I was super late to Instagram. Just FYI, good for you. You had a life. Yeah, Yeah. I did. Um, And I remember finding women, and I was I was very very new. I think to my like journey. So it was even then. It was a little bit toxic. Like um, even seeing like women in the body positive community and wanting it so badly that it almost was um it was like hard for me to comprehend I don't know if that makes sense but it's like I wanted I I wanted to feel like that so bad. I wanted to love my body so bad that it was hard for me to look at them and see their confidence. Totally. Um, but at the same time that was something that helped me again because I remember looking at Tess Holiday and being seeing her nude or seeing her in an implied nude shoot, you know, with her rolls and her cellulite and and in my mind I'm like this is beautiful to me. This photo is beautiful to me and then simultaneously having to say, I have that same thing. You know, I have roles. I have silly life. So, uh, I think it was life-changing. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd be here without social, well, I wouldn't be without social media, but without other, you know, people who came way before me, because again, I didn't have that growing up. I didn't, I couldn't just go to the store and look, pick up a Magazine, pick up Vogue, pick up whatever people and see somebody who looked like me. And that is hard. Like, and that's, I think, something that is hard for people to understand who, you know, had that privilege Um, and not seeing people on TV. So, you know, we didn't even have cable. Okay. I'm real country. We Mm -hmm. had like four channels. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So to me, that was like my first introduction of all of these different women who are amazing and beautiful. And I just want to share, I want to get to that point and I want to share how I got there.
0: I wanted to ask this question too. I wasn't planning on it, but as a result of just dealing with these insecurities, did you ever fall into the dieting trap? And what was your experience with that?
2: Yes. Um, so let's see here. I, that's been a long journey and actually I just wrote an article that should be coming out soon about this, but, um, I have been in diet culture for my whole life, I feel like. I was in Weight Watchers by the time I was in sixth grade. Yeah, with my mom. Um, I've been Weight Watchers three times throughout my life, and it's always the same, you know, um, it's always the same thing. You lose the weight, and then you gain the weight. And um, I think what it does is, is it really created a very negative relationship for me with food and with the scale, so... That was something that I probably didn't really start working on until about, um, two years ago. And two years ago was after I had, I I just turned 30. I had, um, I was felt like I was in the best shape of my life, but I was in the best shape of my life. I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. just FYI, um, mm-hmm. um, because I was working out, um, for the most part, twice a day, three days a week, and then once a day every other day. So I was working out almost ten times a week. Wow! I was weighing myself, um, if not every day, every other day. I was eating probably less than eleven hundred calories a day, and I was taking um, laxative pills
1: yeah. almost
2: every night. Oh. Yeah, but in my mind, I'm like, um, um, oh, they're not laxatives. They're you know, they're just like natural vegetable tablets, you know, but the problem with that is that it's still something that's foreign to your body. Nobody eats that many vegetables, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I still had this obsession with the scale. So that was, and again, going back to Weight Watchers for me, that was the trouble because everything has always been associated with a number, whether it's a number tied to a food, a point system or it's a number on the scale and the number on the scale, I'm like, this is the only thing that is really showing me, you know, my worth. Um, so two years ago, um, I'm like, I can't, I have to, I have to move away from the scale because it's really toxic for me. Um, and I need to start really developing relationships with food that actually makes sense. By that, I mean, you know, what is this food doing for my body? How is it making me feel? Not is it, you know, causing me to gain weight or lose weight? How is it making me feel? And that's when I started to do a lot of research on, um, you know, obviously everybody's different. But like for me, dairy and gluten have real side effects that hinder my uh, circulation, which I already have issues with because of my lymphedema And also processed foods, like really diving into the effects they have on you mentally. Um, You know, my mom had a great um, therapist that she was working with that gave us a lot of information on how processed foods and certain wheats and grains affect you um, anxiety levels and depression levels, which is something that is hereditary and I struggle with. So I guess that's, I shifted my thinking of, good foods and bad foods into like, how is it actually feeling my body and making me feel? Um, and that was a really big turning point for me because I know my body changed a lot. And I also started working, um, with a friend of mine who's a trainer and she like educated me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I guess the word here is education, you know, educating yourself with nutrition, educating yourself with fitness, what actually works and what's actually healthy and sustainable Mm. versus, I need to see this number on a scale and I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. Um, so, and that's when I was like, I can't, like, I can't be a part of diet culture. Um, that came a little later, obviously in my, even in my Instagram career, I would say, because, um, I, I thought I was healthy and I thought I was doing all the right things, but looking back at it now, I'm like, that probably was not good for me. (laughs) and it's not something you can sustain.
1: Yeah. And I can so relate to you because a big part of my journey is yo-yo dieting for 12 Mm. years and it is mental yes, as fuck. Like it is, it's bad. And that scale, like you said, it has the ability to make or break your entire day. You step on, you're up a few pounds, you know, it's like, oh, I was feeling really good going into this party. And now all of a sudden I... I'm looking at myself in every mirror I walk by. Yes. I don't feel confident speaking to anybody in this room or maybe you've lost weight. And then all of a sudden it becomes this, well now let me like reward myself cause I've lost weight or let me restrict more, you know, before this party. So then all of a sudden you're going in with this restrictive mindset. So it's just no good comes from the scale. I say smash the scale if you can. Yeah. And for somebody who wants to get off the roller ro- roller coaster of the yo-yo diet, like myself or so many of the women that I work with who just really want to break free from that control, are there any tangible tips that you would give them to kind of start working on now? Because I think that's a big part of it is being terrified of letting go of the control and also being terrified of gaining weight.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that's... And both of those are so natural to feel. I mean, we shame weight gain so much. It's, it's, It's crazy, but I think... That you know, obviously, I'm I'm not going to give any professional advice when it comes to nutrition or fitness. I think the real advice I can come I can give is, why are we doing this, you know, why, why are we thinking that we have to lose weight so badly, and and it's mostly, again, it's because someone else is telling us to. Someone else has created this idea of what is beautiful and what looks good. And they've attached a number to it, which is insane because anybody who knows anything about, you know, our bodies or nutrition, like our bodies are so different and process things so differently. You know, I could eat the same thing as you, you know, for a week and I could gain 10 pounds and you could lose five pounds. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. But I guess one thing I didn't mention, that was a turning point for me. Like, why do I, why do I want to lose weight? Why do I not like my body? And it really came down to someone else telling me to. And at the end of the day, they're profiting off of my insecurities, right? Whether it, it is the diet industry or even, you know, the beauty or fashion industry. So for me, I would give the advice of really take some time and understand that you are so worth loving your body today, just as it is, no matter what the number says on the scale, you're worth loving your body. And if you can love your body now, you can love your body 10 pounds up or 10 pounds down. But if you don't love your body today, no matter what the scale says, you're not going to love your body. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so much more important than any diet or any number to me is, is this understanding of feeling worthy and feeling, you know, like, like we're good enough. Mm -hmm. So That's kind of what I want people to get to a point of feeling that because to me, it's all mental, right? And the better I feel about my body, honestly, the better I want to do, whether that is, you know, being a little bit more active or just listening to it, whatever it's telling me. Yeah. Sometimes I need just a break. I just need to stay in bed all day and whatever, eat, you know, I don't eat the cake too yeah eat the cake too <laughs> eat the damn cake. yeah but then most of the time my body is telling me what I need it wants me to be active it wants me to be moving because of my lymphedema and it wants me to be nourishing it to me though that's it's not the same as you know losing weight or or having anything associated with with weight. But, you know, it's hard. And um, the diet culture, this diet industry is is taking over every aspect. They've, you know, it's funny because I talk about the body positive movement a lot and how it really was designed for marginalized bodies and, you know, bodies that we don't see every day in the media. Um, and now I scroll through my body positive hashtag and I see the, um, you know, quote unquote fit tees and I see bodybuilding and I see... You know, extremely thin women and bikinis, and it's like soul crushing to me because it's like they're taking it over. They're taking it over. You can't have anything without somebody trying to profit off of in your insecurities, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very disheartening to me.
0: I wanted to bring up, you know, the fact that people will say that being overweight is unhealthy Mm -hmm. and here you've spent your whole life restricting yourself, punishing yourself with workouts and you're not, it's not working for you. It's making you miserable. That's unhealthy for you. Yeah. You know, so how, and toxic. And so how do you respond to those sort of comments?
2: Yeah. Um, well for a long time I would really go and try to defend my health and, you know and i am a huge believer and advocate for our health cannot be measured just again on a number from a number on a scale um there are millions of people with chronic illnesses who would not be deemed healthy who would fit you know whatever your bmi chart says i'm you know one of the people with a chronic illness with lymphedema and um we just it's very ignorant for us to say one you know what how health is measured by weight and two that somehow we're telling these people if you're not healthy you're not worthy of loving yourself and and that's bs you know what i mean i'm not going to tell somebody with a chronic illness you're not worthy of loving yourself because you're not deemed healthy i'm not going to tell somebody who you know, is suffering from depression or is obese and just is looking for some, you know, breath of positivity. I'm not going to tell them they shouldn't love themselves. And this again, I'm getting emotional, but it is, it's very, um, it's hard because, you know, you just get beat down your whole life. No matter who you are, you feel like you can't do enough to fit in or feel good. And on top of that, you're being told by everyone else. And if you're on social media, you're being told, you know, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You know, it's, how are you, how do you think that's helping the situation? Mm -hmm. I want you to feel empowered and, and good, no matter what your health is. And if you are feeling that to me, that's a healthier mindset than Yeah. Punishing myself in the gym or, you know, eating next to nothing every day because I think that will make me beautiful.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to my assistant about, you know, we're going to have you on and we just had this like whole conversation about it. And she brought up a good point that she was reading an article that they've done these sort of studies where, like a thin kind of fit girl will walk up and order a burger and everyone's mm. like, go girl, go girl. And like yeah. a bigger girl walks up and orders the burger and everyone's like, ew, gross. Like, are you sure you want like, to eat or, that? Or yeah, are you going to eat that whole thing? You know, or judging them. Um, you know, and th- I think the same thing happens when you you go to a workout class or something or you see somebody, a girl, a skinny girl wearing workout clothes, mm. you know, next to a bigger girl and you assume the skinny girl is fitter. Yeah. But who's to say that, you know?
2: Yeah. I just actually this morning read a comment. um, I had done this cover for um, this magazine, Carvicality, and it was a girl and it was extra frustrating because it was a plus size girl and she was like, this is so gross. How are you guys okay with promoting obesity? This should not be celebrated, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, someone had wrote like, wow, like your fellow plus size person, it's kind of crazy that you would write this. And she said along the lines of, yeah, I'm big, but you know, I work out and I, um, you just don't understand. You would never have the mental capacity or willpower to want to do anything good for your body. And mm. I'm like, Ugh. so I did, res- I did respond and not, i I try to make it a point to never respond with anything negative, um, or, or not being petty. Like I give myself three petty point. I give myself three, um, what's it called? You know, oh my gosh, my brain, like
0: three, I, I three negative my, thoughts. Yeah,
2: I allow myself to be petty three times a year right. on social media. Okay, then, okay. so you, you know, like, it's usually towards some gross man, <laughs> but I did not use a petty point today. I just said, you know, I'm I just want to hop on here, like, that's me. You know, I'm the one not with diabetes because she said I had diabetes, um, not with diabetes and. You know, that's lymphedema, like it causes swelling similar to diabetes, but that's not what it is. And, you know, I think it's important that we understand that our health is not dictated by a number on the scale. And it's very toxic for you to be continuing these, you know, fat tropes and stereotypes surrounding fat bodies. And I hope that, you know, one day you'll look in the mirror and find love for yourself, the same love that I have for my body. Um, It's beautiful. Yeah. And that, you know, I don't know, maybe... I just maybe one day someone will read something I write and be like, "Yeah, I'll change my mind." Because I have to think like you know that could have been me five ten years ago. That could have been me writing that comment. But something Mm -hmm. in my mind, someone came in my life and helped me kind of rewrite that for myself. So that's my hope. But um, yeah, I get you know I get backlash for everything. If people think I'm losing weight, they're like, "Oh, (laughs) you're supposed to be." Body positive. Uh, you're supposed to be blah, blah, blah. And you're losing weight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, or. Um, whatever the case may be, you just can't win. Yeah, you know? I'm not out here saying don't lose weight. If you want to lose weight, you know, to feel better to whatever the case may be, lose weight, but do it for you and do it in a way that's going to be very, um, in a healthy way and something that makes sense for your body. Like talk to professional, don't freaking join some diet club or don't, you know, go on some Dumb, skinny tea that just makes you sit on the toilet. Like, come on now.
1: I've never seen you talking about, you know, putting down people who want to lose weight. It's definitely not about that in your dialogue. It's just what you said. It's about loving yourself and accepting yourself at any stage in your life. Finding a sustainable, healthy. Right.
2: Yeah. Whatever that means for you. And more importantly, finding some healthy mental space. Because to me, if you don't have that, then nothing else is... Is, is going to matter. Well, I think it's... Like, just talking about this makes me think about how, um, most, like, standard
0: models have to be, like, a double zero or whatever, and they are so... Uh, so many models that I've talked to or heard from are so messed up in the head from never being skinny enough, even though they are, as is, so tiny. And we don't think about that. We don't think about the impact on, on, on that... of that pressure. We just... It's just expected, you know? And so... Yeah it's just that's so
2: unhealthy you right, know? and we should be talking about that because mm-hmm. it's not fair to to those women either there's maybe two percent of you know women in this country i think it is like two percent who have bodies like that just very naturally and mm-hmm. that's fine like i'm not here knocking anybody but if that's not what your body wants to do without you you know living this extremely unhealthy lifestyle a lot of time it is with anorexia or bulimia or eating disorders, then, you know, why are we forcing that? And that's, again, comes down to this beauty industry and the fashion industry who are saying this is the only thing we'll accept. I mean, look, I'm on booking sites and I read the descriptions for what they want for models or actresses and it's just gross. And, um, I think that's something else we have to change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I will say that we've seen a shift you know, with, um, a lot of companies who are now hiring and paying, uh, people, real people, you know, who look like us, who don't have six packs all year long, or, you know, have dimples of cellulite, which 90% of women do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's beautiful to see. We just need to keep seeing it. And the other thing that is very important to me, we need to pay these women. We need to be paying fat bodies and, women of color people of color people with different, with disabilities we need to be paying them the same thing that we're paying these you know then privileged women who are you know, still like desperately fighting to fit into these roles. And that's something we're not doing. I will say, Mm. I I did want to ask about
0: your experience in plus size modeling, because has it been since you started your Instagram that you started getting more modeling Mm -hmm. gigs? What has that experience been like? Is it a more, would you say
2: it's a more supportive culture? Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: I, I, I think it's I guess yes and no. Yes in the sense that obviously if they're hiring you, you're going to be plus size or expecting you to be a little bit bigger. No in the sense that um, it's still – it's pretty – it's a pretty small percentage. I mean, they want size 14, 16, but if you're size 16, you know, you better have a really small waist and you better have the curves in all the right places. For me with lymphedema, it's, um, it's extremely challenging to book work because of my legs and my feet. It is something that is visible and I make sure when I'm applying, for castings that I send pictures of full body because I've had terrible experiences where I've, um, one in particular, this was before I even started social media. I think this was kind of what pushed me. Um, I went to a shoot and the woman had personally, you know, asked me, it was like a friend's line or something. She had asked me to come in and be her plus size model. And, um, the first outfit I put on, she gave me to try on was a short dress. So I like slipped it on, whatever. And I come back out and she's switched it out with a long dress, a floor length dress. Mm. So I was, you know, I asked her, I'm like, is there a reason that, you know, you switch this? Do you want, do you not want me showing my legs? And she was like, no, you know, I didn't know your legs looked like that. And Mm. yeah. um, crushing. It was yeah crushing definitely and that was a a while ago that was probably five years ago or or longer um that one was really hard for me um I, I I did the photo shoot um and I was really proud of myself that I did it and I you know modeled different things not just long stuff but the whole time I just felt so small I felt like someone had just you know I don't know, like stripped every ounce of, of, of confidence that I had. And I remember as soon as I got to my car, I just bawled and I bawled the whole way home and I got home and I was with my boyfriend. I was just crying, crying, crying. Like I was broken. Mm -hmm. I really was and um and that was again like a something I'll never forget and I remember thinking like look and I wrote a Facebook post I okay, was gonna and ask did you share I about wrote your... a Facebook post because I didn't have Instagram and I said you know what I'm like this experience could have just like stopped me from stopped me in my tracks from doing anything that I've been wanting to do I'm not going to let it I'm going to use this as just a you know part of my journey and an experience that is gonna make me better um but that was freaking hard. And that came after a lot of tears and a lot of looking at my legs and being like, I, you know, I don't like you. Like, why do I have these legs?
1: How do you get yourself out of those kind of dark times? Because you do talk a lot about how you do fully embrace yourself and love yourself and you're very confident, but of course these things Mm -hmm. bring you down and you're human. And so how do you get through these times? You know, what do you use to get out of that dark place?
2: I just I really have to remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing you know why I'm putting myself out there why I'm exerting this energy and 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 it's for like the greater good it is and that might sound corny but like I want to touch as many lives as I can and no not everybody look is gonna look like me and that's okay there's women and men who reach out to me of all different sizes and you know, and I get the messages we talked about saying that I helped them. And, and that's what I have to think about. Cause don't get me wrong. There are days where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't book anything. I can't get anything paid. Like, you know, and I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, should I not even be doing this anymore? Um, and, and I have to just really say, you started this, you have a mission, like just keep, going these people's opinions of my body of your body are literally not paying my bills right Mm -hmm. they're not doing anything for me but making me feel like crap so i can't let that i just can't let it sit i just have to move on and say you know what that opportunity wasn't for me those people, you know, don't deserve me five years from now, you know, they're going to be knocking on my door, you know, and I'm going to triple the price. So (laughs) So,
1: I think it's also a pretty cathartic experience for you to write out these, these Mm -hmm. times in an Instagram post and then share it and get that love and support from your community because you've done that several times. And I don't know if this is like a regular series that you did, but it said like fat girl chronicles. Is that something?
2: So I've been trying to like, yeah I've just been trying to like start or even like my letters like I'll say like from a fat girl fed up you know or dear whoever has pissed me off at the time (laughs) Um, and I do find those very therapeutic I think writing is is extremely therapeutic no matter what you're going through Mm -hmm. um So that's really helpful. And and yeah, it's a great outlet, not only for me, but understanding um, that there are people that can relate. You know, oh, I had that same experience, someone will write, or that happened to me, or I felt the same. And I know it's therapeutic for them too because I think we get so caught up on social media and just seeing these highlight reels of all Mm -hmm. these people that we look up to or whatever, you know, you have a blue check, like this is just like you know, her life is so perfect. Mm And it's like, life isn't perfect. You know, I don't, I try to be very transparent. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't share everything, but I think I share a lot. And one is, yeah, it's like a therapy for me. And I think it's, kind of like therapy for other people. Too. Exactly. That's exactly. so refreshing. Ugh, mm. It's amazing.
0: So with that, you do share a lot. How mm. have we know your husband sounds like a magical human and it <laughs> sounds like the best. Um, but outside of him, like your family, mm. uh, what has the support been like or response been like to you sharing so much and bearing, bearing it all sometimes?
2: Yeah. Um, I think Um, oh gosh I need to stop saying I think so much I'm sorry Uh, there's so many things I need to stop saying yeah (laughs) trust me so it's really been a mixed reaction. I mean, for the most part, it's been good. People who see me, a lot of my family is not on, on Instagram. Actually, like me, my immediate family, none of them are on Instagram. That's awesome. um, so that probably helps. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard for them to understand what I'm doing, uh, especially my mom, because you know, I'd be like, mom, I'm going right now to to do a podcast Like, I'm super excited. And she's like, oh, you know what I mean? She doesn't listen to podcasts. (laughs) She doesn't. Or I'll be like, oh, I booked a whatever like I have to post for these people like it's foreign language yeah to it totally is yeah so all I can say is like look what I'm doing is you know try is empowering other people and her some of her friends are on Instagram and and um they're like much more or much less conservative than her so they will be like oh my gosh Carmen we saw your article or we saw your video you know, or they'll tell my mom like, Oh, Carmen's doing this or, you know, and I think that is like a good way for her to kind of be part of it without being directly (laughs) part of it. Um, you know, I don't know, my sister, we don't really talk about it that much. I think she tries to understand, but you have to understand like where I'm from. It's like a different, it's different. You know what I mean? It's very small town. It's very conservative. And I think that she knows that I'm doing good work, but she doesn't really know or exactly get it. Um, so, uh, so my I don't know if you saw like this was a couple of years ago. My I did a recreation of Kim Kardashian's yeah, picture, yeah, I saw that, and it was literally like my pelvis, right, and stomach. Um, and that went crazy. Like Cosmopolitan was writing articles, Glamour, yeah. like it was her perfume, yeah, like her ad for the perfume you recreated. Yes, okay, and that was like sh- that was surprising how big that went. But it's so funny because my local newspaper from my hometown <laughs> called me and they wanted to write an article on me. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, heck yes. Thank you. And then I was like, wait, what photo are you going to use? She's like, um, can you send me a photo? Cause I think this might be a little too much, <laughs> but, but how um, cool to come from your conservative oh, hometown. I love it. Yeah. No, I love it. And a lot of my friends from home, they do follow me and they are totally on board and we're like I love what you're doing and um that's great we're in Oregon and, by the way um it's a little town called Estacada it's literally yeah. like, we're they're
1: from Oregon oh you are yeah. oh
2: yeah I saw a 503 number yeah yeah, yeah. okay so Estacada I don't know mm-hmm. if you yeah oh yeah, we my know gosh so you we guys lived in Westland. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah Westland is yeah like when we had to play Westland in sports <laughs> we were like oh huh, going to, like, the fancy bar <laughs> And we were, like,
0: the non-rich
1: people I was like in the rich like, rolling up in a 90 so, Honda Civic, yeah. like, okay. parking in the back row. That's a whole nother yeah. so definitely
2: got a bad rap from us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that's kind of true sometimes, but...
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so you guys totally get it. Yeah. Know? Yes. But, um, no, I, oh, when I go home, like, I love it because the guys and and, um, guy friends and girlfriends were like, Oh, I saw your whatever. And it's so cool. Like it's so inspiring. That is super meaningful to me because when I first started this, I was a little bit self-conscious about how I'd be received from people closest to me. Um, and sometimes I still am depending on what I post, but for the most part, I'm like, you know what? Like, this is me. Like Paul says, you do you.
1: (laughs) I love that. What do you think that non-marginalized bodies can do to support the body positivity Mm, movement? Such
2: a good question. Um, So for one, like, please stop using hashtag body positive if you're not in the community. And I don't mean that to be like sound. Oh, it's like this, you know, exclusive community. It's not. It's it's a safe space. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's like the hashtag black girl magic amazing right it's it's this community for black women to feel empowered to see all of this amazing work that is being done and I want to go support it celebrate it but I understand like I'm not going to use that hashtag mm-hmm. I'm not going to be part of that community I'm going to celebrate that community so for me I want to still be able to go to the body positive space and see you know different bodies and feel safe and feel included. Um, I think it's, a lot of us could be using that hashtag if it's something that's very meaningful, you know what I mean? Like I'm posting about this insecurity about my body. What I'm saying is if you're working, if you're like a fitness model or whatever, like just let us have some space where we can be vulnerable, you know, unedited, unfiltered and just live, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And again, like sharing, you know, sharing these stories, sharing people's stories, um, especially people of color, um, the queer community, trans people, like we need to be supporting each other. So that's what I would say as far as like plus bodies and fat bodies, like just let us live. Okay. If I'm sitting next to you on an airplane, our thighs are going to touch. Okay. This is going to be rubbing up against you <laughs> and just be, let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be like kind. human contact is not the end of the world. You don't need to
1: like put your nose up. and be like, no, Meh. exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if I ask for um, a non-wicker chair at a restaurant, just give me the chair, okay? I'm not sitting in a wicker chair. That's why I sat in the wicker chair. <laughs> Thank you. That is, see, exactly. I would not sit in that chair. It really chair. wasn't planned, but it, was just, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Oh, up. my gosh. No, that happened to me once at a restaurant in college, and I was mortified. I Again, one of those moments, like if it happened now, I'd probably be like, well that's your fault that's you know but at the time the chair broke and i was actually injured but i was so embarrassed yeah. that i never went back mm. to tell them i could have look i could have had a little lawsuit on my hands mm-hmm. right. <laughs> but i didn't cuz i was so i was like mortified i've never felt like that before yeah, so yeah that's awful yeah
1: i think those are really powerful messages i did want to ask you cuz i've listened to quote unquote body positivity podcasts that have mm. said and depending on the one that you're listening to I've heard podcasts that have bleeped out the word like obese. I've mm. heard podcasts that say, you know, you shouldn't call people obese or fat and those can be trigger terms. Mm. You know, bigger woman or plus size like cuz you call yourself a fat yeah, woman all the time. I do. So, do I you have any thoughts
2: on that? Um, well, first of all, I think any word can be triggering to anybody. So, Uh, it is something that, you know, we should carefully navigate, but I always say, like, look, I'm speaking about myself. I'm very comfortable with the term fat. I, I think that again, like right now, because the body positive community has been so oversaturated, we say, you know, fat acceptance or, you know, fat positive because we're trying desperately to create these spaces for ourselves. Um, but I do ask, like if I'm around other people, if I'm in a podcast with other, you know, plus bodies then I will, like, are you comfortable with, you know, the term fat? And if they say no, then I'll be sure that I'm only referring to myself as that. So how does it feel if someone else calls you fat? I guess it would depend on how they're referring to it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, Oh, like you fat, whatever. Then I'll be like, well, that's rude. But if if they're just like, Oh, she's fat. Yeah. I would be like, I am fat. Okay, so that wouldn't bother you. I, I I think it's like the context, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why are you telling me that I'm fat? Mm -hmm. Like, just to remind me. Like, I know.
1: You don't go around being like, oh, she's thin. exactly Mm -hmm. yeah
2: so I think it's to me it's like all the context and 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 how you're using it I think it's one of those things where I've chosen to take the power back I think we need to stop demonizing the word fat so much because all we're doing is demonizing fat people um you know we're again this it's like we grow up thinking being fat is the worst thing that could happen to us Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm -hmm. um so for me I just take the word back I take the power back I don't see fat as negative. Like we again, we all have fat. Some of us just have more of it than mm-hmm. others. I love
1: that. Do you have any
0: mantras that you repeat that help create a more positive mindset
2: mm.
0: around your body or just confidence?
2: Mantras? Oh gosh.
0: And not everybody uses know. mantras. You know, just any like I'm curious if you have maybe a meditate, any sort of a routine, maybe it's a morning routine or a meditation routine or something. I mean, I don't really meditate, but like, you Uh, know, we all have something 2020 goals for me. (laughs) Yes, I know. God, it's my forever goal.
2: (laughs) Uh. Me too. I think, um, so the one phrase that I'm like really passionate about that I repeat over is just, I am worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. You know, you are worthy. I think it's very important for people to know that because saying things like you're beautiful, um, yeah, it's nice to hear, but you know, again, that what is beauty, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to feel worthy. And, and so that's something I really say to myself and I'm not lying. If you follow me, you, you'll read this a lot, but every single day I get in, in the mirror naked and I speak something nice about my body every single day, no matter what, no matter if I feel like crap or I've had a bad week or I'm in a really, you know, sad or depressed mental space, I still do it. And, um, I guess that's like for me, my daily affirmation of yeah, that's great. daily meditation. So, and I do have, you know, the tattoo masterpiece on mm-hmm. my side. I and that. I think Gorgeous. that's a really, um, powerful thing because, you know, there are days where I pass the mirror and I'm like, Oh, look at, you know, your belly is getting a little or whatever. <laughs> and then it's there on my side and I'm like, you know, I'm, yeah, that's me mm-hmm. masterpiece and I'm worthy.
1: I saw someone with a necklace that said, and I actually
2: kind of copied them on my bracelet, but it
1: said, I am perfect, like imperfect, mm. but I'm perfect. Yes. At the same time. And it was, I don't know, that one struck something with me. I like that. Yeah. Do you, can you give our listeners mm-hmm. or your younger self mm. some advice about, you know, what would you say to your younger
2: self? Yeah, to my younger self, I would tell her again that, well, I would I would really, really emphasize the fact that being different is really what makes us all beautiful. Um, I think if I would have heard that as my younger self, I would have been felt way more empowered in my body. And I would tell her and anyone else listening that, you know, we are our own beauty standard and that is the end of that you know no Mm -hmm. one else is ever going to look like us thank god no one's body will ever be the same of ours thank god or whoever you think and and that's beautiful and that's what makes us special and different and perfectly imperfect Mm -hmm. and that's what makes us worthy and i think if we grow up thinking that and understanding that you know we're in competition with no one but ourselves then to me like Our world would be such a, such a more positive space.
0: Well, you are such an inspiration and we're so grateful for women like you. And we'd love to know, you've mentioned a few other inspirations that you've had, but what are some women or even men that you would recommend people follow within Mm. this movement?
2: Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many right now, I think that are doing really good work. Um, Obviously, like Tess Holliday, she's like the pioneer for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as let's see here, let me think. Oh well, Paul is amazing also. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a woman that I follow who speaks a lot about. She does a lot of fashion work, but she also has some really great messages. It's called. She's called the B word, um, Brianna McDonald. She's amazing, and she does not get the cred that she deserves. Um, let me think of one more. Mm, that's great though. That's yeah, a great those are starting. all good ones. Mm-hmm. I, I just have, have to ask selfishly.
1: For somebody like me who may not be comfortable standing in front of the mirror naked or citing, you know, saying something yeah. positive about myself, because that's still a thing that I've talked about before, like not feeling super comfortable walking around naked. Would you just suggest like ripping the band aid off and mm. doing it or is there a way to kind of ease into
2: it? Yeah. So I uh, honestly like spending more time naked is to me what's going to make you more comfortable being naked and there is a lot of actual science behind that and science behind being with our naked bodies and um and ha- having that increase our body image. So I would say yes, like rip the band-aid off. And even if it's just like, well, I'm, I'm always naked. Like but sleeping naked is, it has a huge health benefit. I don't know if you mm. sleep naked.
1: No, I need to do that.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also like, so sleeping naked, that was something, it was hard for me at first because you know, when you're sleeping, like obviously you're not like trying to be cute or like pose or be like, <laughs> so, you know, and I sleep on my side and that was something that was, um, Like, I don't know, like almost soothing, but like a very soothing journey for sure. It didn't happen overnight. But like, you get very comfortable with your skin and your stomach, and you know, sleeping on the side, like, you're you know, that's like the most quote unquote unflattering I don't like that word but right. angle for your stomach. So, um, I, I don't know, I think that really helped me sleeping naked. Um, skin on skin, like in a non, you know, sexual way is very important. Um, there's times like where I'll just have my partner just like, you know, spoon me naked, holding my stomach. Mm -hmm. Like you want to test your insecurities. (laughs) That is the way to do it. And, 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 um, like even this morning it happened and, and I, and every time it's like, it's, I still have to like stop my my mind from being like, Oh no, and just be like, you know what? Like this is just my stomach and it's okay. Yeah. So, so being naked more often. And if you want to start small, like bra and underwear in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and just thank your body or, you know, Oh my gosh, my eyes are so pretty or things that you do like about your body start there and then start t- kind of pushing yourself to dive into the areas where you feel a little bit more peel
1: back the layers one yeah might say. peel back the <laughs>
2: layers absolutely like yeah. there is no wrong way to do this if every single day for the first two months you just say i like my eyes or thank you body that's another thing like thank you for waking me up this morning mm-hmm. you know we all have lost people we all wake up every day to a news story someone who woke up without their loved one like thank you so much for waking me up this morning Yeah, and it puts it into perspective. Like worrying
0: about our bodies, and like people are dying and have real
2: loss, and and we're and we're obsessed with this. People are putting Mm -hmm. their lives on hold for weight.
1: You know what I mean? And And then you wake up and you're sixty or seventy, and it's like
2: I should have taken those photos. mm -hmm. I should have, you know, whatever, climbed that mountain. I should have done it. So Mm -hmm. I say, just do it. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So much greatness here. Thank
1: you. I mean, your you guys light are amazing. Is... I love what you're doing,
2: honestly, and I Thank love that you. you're giving a platform for all voices. I think it's so important, and and we need it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need safe spaces, but we also need this inclusivity that is so powerful and important for all of our voices to really understand each other.
1: Yeah. Well, we really appreciate that because that's really what we're trying to do, and to be seen in that way is really helpful for us. Yeah. It means yeah. a lot to us. So how can people find you? And I guess before
0: you shared that, we'd love to know what you're excited about in your business and kind of coming up in 2020.
2: Mm. Um, I'm excited to, to kind of start doing, we were just talking about this before, but like start doing more video form work, because I think that's really kind of, I've understood that's a passion of mine and having more conversations like this. Um, And also just really fighting to make sure our bodies are seen. And I'm claiming 2020 is this year that, look, these businesses are going to be paying me what I'm worth. They're going to be paying all of these beautiful, marginalized bodies what we're all worth. And we're going to be seeing much more of that in all forms of media. I want that so badly for every person. Um, And I really just want to keep, you know using this platform to the best of my ability and 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 have more speaking opportunities that's really what I want in 2020 it's just more opportunities for people to see their worth and see their beauty
0: where can people find all that you're doing right now
2: everything I'm everything I'm on is eat the cake too so eat the cake t-o-o Carmen Renee I'm on um obviously Instagram I'm on um youtube those are my two main platforms i don't really do twitter so yeah. follow her
0: there yes it's a great name it's and great send work send
2: me a message because i i really try to check my messages i'm not the person who's like it may take me like two months but i try to respond to every dm i get from women
1: you responded really quickly to me yeah. so i can attest to that not <laughs> men
2: look yeah. sorry men yeah, <laughs>
1: not your man. Yeah. thank you so
0: much carmen this thank is you Amazing. Both of you thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me of course Well, we are so glad Carmen came by to share her light with us and be so open and vulnerable. And we encourage you to follow her at eat the cake Two for more of these important messages.
1: Yeah. And if you're enjoying our podcast so far, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a positive review so we can keep bringing on guests you want to hear from and grow this amazing community. We'd also encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode and tag us on your Instagram stories at solo 2.0 podcast so we can share it as well. Thank you for listening and remember, even if
0: nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight, so be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time.